This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. The whole thing about two spoons is that when you're eating plant-based, when you're incorporating more plants into your diet, you don't have to compromise on taste. It came from the idea that it's recipes worth sharing. Something that happens to me quite a bit when I go to a restaurant and you've decided to order a dessert, but your friend or your husband has passed on it. And when it's a dessert that's really, really good, they always bring two spoons because they know that the other person is gonna be digging into your dessert. That's Hannah Sundarani. She's a plant-based blogger and creator of Two Spoons. Welcome, Hannah, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here. Um, (laughs) I've followed you for quite some time. Oh, that's so nice. But for the people that don't know your story, your journey, you are a fellow Torontonian, currently living abroad in France. Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where in France you're calling from, just a little bit about Hannah. Okay, sure. So um, my name is Hannah. (laughs) And as you know, I am from Toronto, but I've been living in France for the past three and a half, almost four years. Um, We actually decided to come here for my husband's work, but it's been great for me because it was actually kind of the step that I needed to in order to start my blog. So that's something that I began when I moved here. Um, So it's been just a beautiful experience. It's been major learning curves for me, both personally and professionally. When I first moved here, I didn't speak much French apart from the French that we learn in high school. (laughs) And so I really felt quite a bit out of my element, um, kind of immersing myself into a different culture. Um, But now I feel very comfortable here and it's just been a lovely, lovely way of life. That is such a brave move. Oh, thanks. Honestly, Um, I mean... When you think about it, you're, you know a little bit about the language, you're kind of jumping in, yes. which I love that. I'll have to admit, it was not easy at first. Um, I would say it took me a good six months to almost a year to get really, really comfortable here. So if anyone is ever you know, thinking that like moving abroad maybe isn't for them after the first couple months. Like Mm -hmm. it is totally normal to feel out of your element. It's a huge learning curve and like it takes time. So no, I'm sure. And I always wondered, I mean, I know what the blogging, like saying the blogging scene is like (laughs) in, uh, in Canada, but what's it like in France? It's actually not as big. It's sort of making its way here. Um, There are a lot of opportunities actually in Paris, which isn't too far from where I live. I live in Lille, France, which is about 50 minutes by train to get into Paris. So it's nice because I get a lot of opportunities there. And I've been approached by a a few French uh, companies to help work with their marketing materials and just promoting their brands. But it's it's more slow going than Canada for sure. Okay, I need to ask this. Let me live vicariously through you. (laughs) Paint me a picture of what it's like living a day in France. Oh my gosh. Okay, so first of all, the weather is so much so much better in terms of the cold i mean it's so funny i'm canadian and i probably like there's no one who like can't stand the cold as much as me (laughs) so moving here has been like a godsend because in the winter like you're looking at like eight to ten degrees Mm -hmm. so so that's really nice wait a minute that's the winter eight to ten yes yes that's fantastic we're in shorts in eight to ten i know (laughs) 
I know. And then our summer basically started about four weeks ago. So we've been having beautiful weather and like 25 degrees um, for like a month. So it's just like, it's a lot more temperate. But in terms of the day-to-day life, it's just like, I have to admit, it's it's very much what you would imagine it to be. It's very quintessential French. Everyone here speaks French. Um, You don't run into a ton of people who are English speaking. And I think Mm -hmm. that's because I'm not in, I'm not in Paris. I'm in a city, but it's not like a major, major big city. Mm -hmm. So you really like you're kind of consumed in this French culture and everywhere you walk there's boulangeries like on every corner it's like it's like the Tim Hortons like no. and people are riding their bikes and picking up bread and taking walks in the park and it's just a very like community-based place is it the baguette that's underneath the arm as they ride by yes it is <laughs> totally okay I swear yeah it's so funny <laughs> I love that yeah and is it filled with like these fresh markets oh yeah so there's a market almost every day in Lille maybe even every day um there's one that's about a five minute walk from my house and that's on twice a week and then there's another one further down which is really big and that's like three times a week uh there's an organic market that's twice a week uh in the old town so I mean food is such a big scene here and people are really invested in the whole farm to table supporting the locals it's really really cool that's phenomenal yeah it's wonderful but one of the things that i love so much about the market is that um you can only get even though it's all year round you can only get what's in season so when i first moved here that was a big eye-opener for me because i would go to the grocery store and i would buy a head of kale and i'd buy berries and i'd come home and i kind of had this sort not like regimented but i always Mm -hmm. knew roughly what i was going to pick up at the grocery store from week to week Mm -hmm. but here in france it's so different i mean you can't get kale all year round that's something that only grows in the winter time and berries we just got berries like maybe two weeks ago (laughs) so yeah it's really cool to see and and they really embrace the food of the the seasons and it's so fresh it's the most delicious i mean i i really it's something i really want to take back to me when i move back to canada is eating what's in season and really embracing the food that's local and because it really does taste the best when it's in season and local are you up for a couple of games i'd love to okay first game we've got this or that. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Bath or shower? Oh, um, bath. Morning or evening? Uh, morning. So morning, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I heard actually that you will get up at like 5.30 in the morning. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not that morning of a person. Like you're, I'm, I'm thinking like 6.30, 7, I'll get up and do a workout. But like 5.30, that's insane. Yeah, and then a couple of snoozes. I think I hit the snooze a little a little bit. I think. Uh It's a good probably better. Dog or cat? So I growing up my whole life, I was cat person. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, actually I told my mom that I wanted to live in this like little pink house in Unionville, which is where I grew up, with Mm -hmm. 17 cats. But since then, I'm actually, I think maybe now I'm more of a dog person because I have a dog now. Um, So I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Phone call or you prefer texting? Phone. I actually like to um, 
call people while I'm doing things. Like I'm not a person who will sit down and like FaceTime and like sit in front of you. Mm -hmm. I like to be like in the kitchen talking on the phone or taking my dog for a walk. So yeah. that's And that's why I prefer calling because I can multitask. Yeah. When you're texting, yeah. you're kind of stuck and attached to that phone. Yeah. And you can't really have like, like real deep conversation through text. Like it's always like very like surface level. Okay. This one's good. Water on your toothbrush before toothpaste or after? Oh my God. Okay. You're going to die when you hear this. <laughs> I actually don't put water at all on my toothbrush. What? Okay. You I need know. to tell me this. You don't. <laughs> No, I don't. Like, um, I just put the toothpaste on dry and I put it in my mouth and I brush. Well, I guess that solves my problem because I do a lot of <laughs> drooling and I think it's Honestly, I put too much water. I think that's my problem. I think I'm like, uh, like hyper drooly or something <laughs> and I like have more saliva than the average person because I do not need the water. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just admitted that. I am learning so much about you. <laughs> I know, to you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Two Spoons, your blog. Where did the name come from? Okay, so Two Spoons, actually, um, it came from the idea that it's recipes worth sharing. So I don't know if this has happened to you, but it's something that happens to me quite a bit when I go to a restaurant and you're ordering your dessert and maybe... Um, you've decided to order dessert, but your friend or your husband has passed on it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when they, when it's a dessert that's really, really good, they always bring two spoons because they know that the other person is going to be digging into your dessert. Ah. <laughs> so, so that's the idea of two spoons. It's recipes worth sharing. Oh, that's fantastic. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. And on your, on your blog, they're vegan mm -hmm. and plant-based recipes. Yeah, they're all vegan and plant-based. I am not vegan, but I am trying to eat a little more plant-based. Mm -hmm. How would I begin? So I actually, I actually love that because um, I really want my blog to be open to all kinds of eaters. I think it's really important, and I think a lot of the time, people who aren't vegan or who aren't plant-based are a little bit intimidated to try out these new foods or even maybe come to a plant-based site because they might not be fully vegan, and there, there can be a little bit of judgment. And I'm. I'm really against that whole mentality. I think that the best way that we can inspire others is through our own actions. And I want it to be kind of a safe space where people can come and they can get inspired, whether they're plant-based or not, um, and just kind of embrace eating more plants in their diet. The whole thing about Two Spoons is that when you're eating plant-based, when you're incorporating more plants into your diet, you don't have to compromise on taste. So everything I make, the majority of it is healthy because I like to eat healthy, but I never want to compromise on taste. I want it to be delicious and I want them to love every bite. You have five approval stamps, let's say, for each recipe that you select, I guess. Yeah, so essentially what it is, in fact, I have a lot of people in my life who aren't uh, fully plant-based or vegan. So if you're coming to the website and maybe you aren't into plant-based eating but are looking to explore it and you don't want to dive in headfirst by eating like tofu and tempeh, then you can select the skeptic approved section of the blog and it'll take you to all recipes that are very straightforward. They're things that you see kind of in everyday recipes. There's no crazy ingredients. And then I've also got one for newbie cooks. So if you're new to cooking, these are recipes that are super straightforward. They're gonna be 30 minutes or less. Um, there's 
probably 10 ingredients or less and no, nothing strange. Um, everything is pronounceable. Everything is easy to find in your grocery store. <laughs> and then I've also got my girlfriends approved, which is um, recipes that I like to make that are more on the healthy side when I'm having like a girlfriend's weekend. Um, that those there you're going to find a lot of like green smoothies and chia pudding and all these things that I, me and my girlfriends love to eat together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got my husband approved and those are obviously approved by my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so those are, <laughs> those are usually more hearty dishes cause he's really into that. They're more packed with protein. They're going to keep you more full. They're a little bit more indulgent. Um, and then I think the last one is chef approved. And those are the ones that if you've got more time, if you're planning on hosting or entertaining and you want to invite your friends over and kind of really impress them with a dish, then that there you're going to find your recipes. I love it. How did you come up with that? I mean, I thought that was brilliant. Oh, thanks. Um, honestly, I know that when I didn't have my blog and I was going through these recipes, it would have been something that would have been really helpful to me mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stages that you go through as a cook and or just like on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes you want something healthier. Sometimes you want something indulgent. Sometimes you want something to impress. And I just thought that that would be an easy way for people to navigate the page or, or the website and find what they're looking for. I'm Mary Mamalidi, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Hannah Sandorani, a food blogger and creator of Two Spoons. But have you always eaten plant-based? No. So that's actually something that has come about um, basically um, around when I started my blog and a little bit before that. I was kind of in the in a transition phase, and I sort of wanted to share my learnings and kind of share like my journey in doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I've always been. It's sort of been, it was re- It was actually quite slow going for me. I mean, I probably stopped eating meat maybe eight years ago, but fish and cheese was something that was really hard for me to get, get, give up. It took me a long time to get there. So it was a slow transition for me. And that's why when people say like, um, I don't know if I can do it or like, it's mm-hmm. so hard for me to give up cheese. I say, take it at your own pace. And And even if you don't get there a hundred, a hundred percent, every time that you choose to do a plant-based recipe, like that's a step in the right direction. That's a huge win for me. Someone coming to my blog and cooking my recipes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everyone has their own journey. Why did you make the change to plant-based? So I was actually, I mean, my journey is kind of a long and complicated story. I guess it depends how far back you want me to go Um, because initially um my kind of journey into discovering healthy food and how it impacted my body that began in my early 20s um and that was actually it's it's a bit of a sad story i um i was in high school at the time or sorry university at the time and i lost my boyfriend to cancer he was my first love and my first boyfriend and it was just like a really stressful time in my life and um it was super upsetting of course and it took a major toll on my health and digestion and that is really where um the world of eating healthy food and how it can impact your body kind of opened up because I went to go see a lot of GI specialists about the issues that I was having and all of them just diagnosed me with IBS and gave me pills and it just wasn't working that the whole lifestyle of taking pills um, mm-hmm. to get better 
just didn't work for me. And I felt really at a loss and um, I ended up turning to food for medicine. I actually did a major elimination diet where I gave up so I gave up quite a bit. I stopped eating gluten, I stopped eating dairy, no caffeine, no refined sugars, um, and no refined foods. And I think there was a host of other things. And then slowly I would introduce them back into my diet and see how it affected my body. And um, from there, I just couldn't believe the impact that food had on my health and digestion. It was like, this was something that I had been struggling with for maybe mm -hmm. a year and a half after my uh, boyfriend had passed away. And within maybe a week, I couldn't believe the changes. It was, it was like night and day. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that it had never been mentioned to me by a doctor. It was always just turning to medicine. But with that said, there was a lot of positive things that came out of that experience in the fact that I really learned how to cook and to cook to heal my body. So it was it was a major learning curve in terms of learning um, different foods and how to cook them and just kind of exposing myself to all these different ingredients that I had never heard of before. And that is kind of where my cooking journey began. Okay, we're gonna move on to rapid fire. What are the cookbooks you're enjoying right now? Um, I really like Deliciously Ella's new cookbook. Mm-hmm. I've also got a friend, um, Bettina's Kitchen, who just came out with a book called Happy Food, and that one's really beautiful, very colorful. Favorite ingredient to cook with? Oh, um, I really like coconut milk especially with uh, being plant-based. It's a really nice way to add creaminess to dishes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, instead of using cream, I'll do a splash of coconut milk. Favorite snack? I love hummus and guacamole. Mm. And if I'm looking for something sweeter, oh, and I love avocado toast. <laughs> yeah, the avocado, you can't go yeah. wrong with that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if I'm looking for something sweeter, then um, I love a healthy muffin. I make, I bake a lot of muffins often using oats and chia, mm. and I'll sprinkle like some uh, frozen berries on top, like raspberries or blueberries, and bake them in the oven. They're super healthy and deliciously sweet, and um, and yeah, I just love them. What about music in the kitchen? Yes or no? Uh, again, it depends on my mood. Um, <laughs> I actually love to listen to podcasts in the kitchen. Oh, good answer. <laughs> good answer. Including this one. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdest dish you've made or eaten? Oh, uh, my gosh. I don't know. I can't think of any like weird dishes I've eaten. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time I cooked with tempa it was a little weird I didn't cook it <laughs> so tempa is like you you're gonna want to cook it because it like it kind of makes it more I mean it makes it more palatable and it, essentially you should be baking it or frying it mm -hmm. and um, and I didn't like know that and so I just chopped it up and put it in these like spring rolls that I was making right um and I was feeding it to my husband and I was like, what do you think? And he was like, I don't know. I think I just don't really like tempa. And I was like, yeah, you know what, me neither. And it was totally because I didn't cook it and I didn't marinate it. And yeah. 
Oh, my favorite edge is, well, I'm not loving this. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's so polite about it. He's like, well, it's not my favorite. Oh, it's hilarious. What's the first recipe you can remember trying? Oh, uh, for the blog? Any recipe, or just, in just in general. Baking. When you think about, yeah, it's always baking. Yeah. Uh, no, I said making, not oh, making. Oh, making. <laughs> <laughs> but we can, we can get into we can definitely get into baking because vegan baking can be difficult. And that was, I think that was like a huge learning curve for me trying to figure out how to bake vegan. And I remember, I think I, the, maybe one of the first things that I tried doing was uh, brownies. And what I basically did was I took one of my favorite brownie recipes that wasn't vegan and I tried adapting it, um, adapting the ingredients by um, kind of subbing in different ingredients for vegan versions mm-hmm. um and it was a nightmare <laughs> like i i tried baking these brownies and i kid you not all of the the flour like melted to the bottom and all the oil stayed on top so i pulled it out and it completely like separated gloppy, yes totally separated like a gloppy gloopy mess and mm-hmm. i just I just pitched the whole thing. I was like, I really need to learn yeah, how to it, do this. It sounds like my attempt in vegan baking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's definitely into that. That could be a chef approved for sure because vegan baking takes a while to master for sure. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> do you have a signature recipe that you could share with us? Um, it depends. Like, it depends on the meal. I think signature recipes uh, for breakfast would definitely be a chia pudding, and mm-hmm. I have a million ways to make it. I also love doing overnight oats, which is basically chia pudding, but you throw in some oats in there and it just makes it feel a little bit more uh, more comforting and a little bit more filling than chia. I also love doing Buddha bowls. Um, so you'll find quite a few kind of salad Buddha bowl styles for lunches and stuff. Okay, on what would you blog. put in your Buddha bowl? Oh my gosh. Uh, so all the colors of the rainbow, (laughs) (laughs) like literally if if it's a different color, it's going in there. Um, I love to put a grain in always. So I'll do quinoa or brown rice. Um, and that just really helps fill you up a bit because I just find if it's, if it's a ton of vegetables, Mm -hmm. you feel full when you're eating it, but then maybe like a couple hours later, you're going to get hungry again. So I really like to throw in some quinoa or some brown rice to fill you up as well as some kind of protein. So I'll do um, lentils or brown, uh, sorry, black beans or chickpeas or tofu or tempa. And that's just going to help people too. And then I always have for my dressing, I love something creamy. So I actually have a signature citrus tahini dressing that I use in a lot of my recipes. And it's so versatile. And basically what you do is you just mix some tahini with um, a little bit of lemon juice. And then you add water to thin and a pinch of salt. And it's so tasty. And I love to put that on Buddha bowls. Mm, That sounds so good. Last game, true or false? Lemons contain more sugar than strawberries. Um... False. It's true. No way. Yes. I was shocked when I read that. Yes. Oh my God. That is so, you know, I thought maybe just because it's such a bizarre question that it had to be true, but like, I really can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. An average ear of corn has odd number of rows. Uh, true. False. Oh my God. I don't know who went and counted these rows, but <laughs> someone took the time and it's about an average uh, ear has about 16 rows of kernel on it oh my gosh no way yes oh nature's so cool i know 
Chocolate was once used uh, for currency. True. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. You got that. Yeah. <laughs> the Aztecs used it. Um, apple trees belong to the Rose family. Oh. True? Yes. I thought maybe. Yeah. Because like the way because of the way they bloom. And also here, it's kind of interesting. Like they have this thing. It's well, I don't know what it's actually called, but my mom calls it tree torture. And <laughs> it's basically, I don't know if you've ever seen a French garden, but they're very immaculate and like very um they love lines and all this stuff. And a lot of the times they'll take rose bushes and kind of pin it to grow in certain forms so that it's very straight and kind of follows this um this form that they want it to make and they do it with roses and they do it with apple trees oh i'm so <laughs> gonna google that now yeah yeah i'll send you a photo my yeah, mom calls it tree do. torture <laughs> please yeah. do oh, i will i will okay average uh, radishes have more water content than watermelons oh my gosh um i mean i'm gonna say false but i feel like i must be wrong it's true. I can't believe that. That's insane. Yeah, radish has 95% of water, while a watermelon has about 92. You're so it's very joking. close. No. Yeah. But, but yeah, they do. 95 to 92. It must be a size thing because like watermelons are so big that they just like feel so heavy and you don't think about it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like a radish will easily fit in your hand. So like it's not something that you think about. Honestly, I wouldn't have even thought about the water content in a radish. What's a bunch of bananas called? I don't know. This one makes me laugh every single time. It's called a hand. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. It sort of does look like one. If you it think. does, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like little fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I get it, but I would never, I mean, me, it's a bunch of bananas. Never. That's it. Yeah, it's like it's called a bunch of bananas. This is when I ask all my guests to share a little kitchen confession with us. Okay. <laughs> so this is actually a bit of an older story, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's one that I constantly get teased about. So I thought I'd share it. <laughs> oh, please do. So, so actually it was a few years back. Um, I was having a party for my husband um, and I was inviting all of his friends over to celebrate his birthday. And I wanted to do a pizza night. Um, so I, Mitch and I decided that we were going to have this pizza party and I was going to experiment making my own pizza dough. And this is something that I wasn't familiar with at the time. I was, you know, I was curious about exploring it and I thought it would be so impressive, like for me to make my own dough. Um, so I did a bit of research and I found a few recipes and I took my husband to the grocery store to buy it. It's pretty simple to make pizza dough. It's just flour, water, and yeast and a bit of salt. And so we're in the flour aisle and we're looking at flour. And I think the recipe called for like, I think it was maybe like seven cups flour to like three cups water or something, something like that. And I'm in the aisle getting my flour and I pull out this like massive bag of flour. And I'm like, well, I think we should get this one. <laughs> and Mitch, <laughs> Mitch is looking at it. And I swear to God, this, the, size of the bag I picked up would have been enough to feed like an entire <laughs> restaurant <laughs> and he was like yeah I'm like I think that's way too much flour like are you expecting the whole of the city to come to this party like we're having 
10 people. And I was like convinced, I was convinced that we needed this much flour. I was like, no, this is, and I was actually worried it would be enough. <laughs> so I was like, I really don't want to run out of flour. Like I want people to like have an abundance of pizza. Like the worst thing we could do is like not have enough. And so I like, convinced him that this would be a good idea. Um, I got home and I started making the pizza dough and I pulled out the measurements and I swear I didn't even use like a tenth of the flour bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I was stuck with this like Costco sized flour bag <laughs> and all my friends came over and they're like, what? Like, how did you think that this was like a that you you weren't gonna have enough. Like it's just so ridiculously large. And that flower bag lived in our house for like a year because <laughs> I, I could not finish it. Like I used it for so many other recipes and I think we ended up having to like throw away half of it because it expired. Oh my God, that's hilarious. So people, you know what I yeah. would have done? I would have left anyone that came to visit, you're leaving with a gift bag of flour. I know, oh my God. <laughs> And like leave it to my husband too because I like tried to hide it in the corner and he like brought it out and was like, look at what Hannah got. It was just like... So he was doing that throughout the entire year. I am sure of it because yeah. my husband would. Oh yeah. I got teased like unmercifully for that. I have since learned like to eyeball ratios oh, to know like well, this much flour is probably like this big of a bag. But at the time, I just clearly had no idea. Yeah. At the time, it's go big or go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> of course. Well, thank you so much. If listeners want to reach out for more information, get a hold of you, um, where can they find you? What can they do? Where can they look? Yeah, of course. So you can find me on my blog, twospoons.ca. Or you can find me on Instagram, twospoons.ca. Excellent. Hannah, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, Mary. It's so sweet. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with me. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mammoliti. See you at the next episode.